Hello there, and welcome to the commentary box here on this very special day for the semi-final of this European competition. I've been tucking into this fruitcake, which was sent in by one of our listeners in North Wales. On the field in front of us, we've got England, playing as always in probably red, and I suppose that means Denmark must be in white, as these two teams battle this out to get into the final of this audio fiction production challenge. They got through all the previous stages fairly easily, with their individual actors, directors, sound editors, and fully experts putting together some excellent dramas, books, stories, action plays, and a few other things. For instance, in the quarterfinals, Denmark put together a show about a human instrument in the sports league, a show about the Angeles soccer team, and a show about a health and safety superhero dealing with an over-enthusiastic fan. As always, we're not going to see all the parts of the productions they're putting together for the semi-final until the last whistle, but hopefully we'll see some wonderful displays as they start recording, editing, and the most difficult part of the competition, making convincing footsteps. And as I look over to my left now, I can see the Danish team, John Smith, the captain, Jane Wilson, for who this is likely a last competition, and the younger George Brown and Emily Jones bringing up the rear. They're just putting a scene together, with Brown riding that mic closely, as Smith and Jones... Oh, they're off! That was quick. And it's Smith and Jones, Smith and Jones for Denmark, doing a lovely little bit of dialogue here. That's a question. That's a response. Oh, slight misstep there with that sideways glance. That won't come through on the audio. But we're coming now to the last romantic acclamation, and yes, yes, it's over the final line. And Denmark have taken the punch for that scene. Very nice little finish there. But turning over now to the editing booth, where the young Maria Schmidt, having a first major competition for England, and Meta Jensen, something of an old hand, have just done their preliminary work, with eight plugins installed. By tradition, they'll only use two of the plugins, but everyone always downloads the full eight because there's a sale on. So they begin, and Smith and Jensen for England doing a nice one-two. Schmidt selecting the takes and Jensen editing together the dialogue, cutting, pasting, a quick D-click, and that's, 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 yes! That's the full scene put together, ready to be passed down the line for sound effects. Where Lars Nielsen has assembled the gravel pit, and Peter Peterson is ready to make those sounds. And he's got to be careful here, as it's an urgent running scene and, oh no, he's tried to walk it in, and that's a bad stumble. At this level of competition, we shouldn't see someone saying, we'll fix it in the edit. I think that's cost England points, and possibly the match. And yes, that's the final whistle, so while points have been tallied, we'll have a quick commercial break for some trailers from our sponsors. First, it's Pit of the West, a weird western horror audio drama following a former bank robber who, after betraying his gang for a handful of gold, makes a deal with the mysterious benefactor to save his own skin. However, this deal leaves him marked with an evil curse, and he must wander the supernatural underbelly of America to rid himself of it, and perhaps redeem his very soul. The American Territories, North Dakota, the year 1887. A man flees for his life, hunted by his former compatriots. The sun sets in the distance, and he knows there is little hope for him. The man's name is Ezra Gray, and he has accumulated a fearsome reputation in his 28 years. He's been known as many things in his time, bank robber, murderer, and cattle rustler, to name a few. But as he rounds into an abandoned church, hoping to find peace and sanctuary, the sound of his doom echoes in the distance. This is Pit of the West, a weird western podcast written by Tanner Adams and produced by B. Wynn, with main cast voices by Patrick Kilday, Billy Norris, and Matt McCann. Then, Whispering, the story of Quinn Bell, a young girl who's more comfortable speaking to the fairies she sees around her than to other humans. When her friend is accused of arson, 
and the fairy village outside her window is set by mysterious horror, she struggles to respond. It's all too much for one kid, and the spirits inhabiting her fox plush to handle. Middle school is hard at the best of times. Are those boys still giving you and Jen trouble? No. That's done now. Well, that's good. That goes double for Quinn, who's seen fairies in the world around her for as long as she can remember. The triads of peaceful a bunch as they come, I I'm sure there's a perfectly reasonable explanation. I don't know what the puppet creature said, but he started showing up and now they're making weapons. What would they be making weapons for? I don't know. I don't speak wooden puppet. It's a time of adventure and mystery. So it got me thinking we should do it ourselves. You're not proposing. Yes! That we set another fire, are you? What? No, come on. I'm saying we should figure out who set it. Oh. What? Let's do it! It's a time of bullies, monsters, and danger. Give it to me straight. Screw you! Shut up! You only care about yourself. Of new friends, enemies, and everything in between. Well, if you do want to go, I think I You guys are not nice. I am glad that you cannot see me. Of battles lost and won. Do the right thing in the face of fear. I'm impressed you're still alive. Attack! I don't really know what to write to Dad. Just tell him what's been happening with you? What has been happening with me? Vivid Whisper presents... There seem to be a lot of things you don't know. Whisperling, coming soon. Then, the final clue. Some cases are ready to come out of the cold. All that's needed is one final clue. This story has all the qualities of a horror movie and some kind of terrifying fairy tale. The innocents go out into the woods, and the woods eat them up. July 6th, 1978, Barlow Corners, Massachusetts. Four camp counselors from Camp Wonder Falls go out into the woods to pick up a small bag of pot and smoke under the stars. They are never seen alive again. One tried to escape. It was clear from injuries on his body that somebody had chased him through the woods and he got really close to the camp. He maybe could have even seen the camp from where he fell, but he didn't make it. The other three were found in the object that gives this case its name, the box in the woods. A single word message was written on the inside of the lid. Surprise. Theories abound as to what happened. Was it a drug deal gone wrong? A serial killer? Or revenge? But it really seems like the people in charge of the investigation knew exactly what had happened and did everything to make sure that the truth never came out. Everybody knows they buried the evidence. Did they destroy it? Is it still out there? We just don't know. Coming soon, the new podcast, The Final Clue, breaks down this case. What happened in Barlow Corners? Someone knows what happened out in the woods that night. Sooner or later, it's going to come out. I don't know if it'll be DNA or some kind of deathbed confession, but it's going to happen. And I think it'll happen soon. Because you can feel it. Whoever it was, and I've always believed it was someone from the town, someone who knew this place. 
the truth is there. Someone knows who put those kids in that box. Subscribe to The Final Clue now. And remember, never open the box. And finally, the Leech dossier. The strange and mysterious story of Alden Trulane and the terrifying truth behind his sudden disappearance. Tune in to this weekly audio journal where our mystery host offers audio recordings, interviews, secret surveillance and other clues leading to the conclusion that no one is willing to accept. What is the Liege dossier? That's a long and difficult story, and if the public knew the truth, most people would end their lives after gaining the knowledge. This podcast, this audio journal, is the record of one Alden Trulane, and I'm not Alden Trulane, but he was a reporter with the Norman Transcript in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, don't bother looking him up. Alden doesn't work for the Norman Transcript. He used to, but there's no record of his employment. In fact, there's no record of Alden Trulane's existence. I'm the only person who knows that Alden exists, or, well, did exist. The following weekly episodes are a chronicle of the information I was able to uncover through my search for Alden and the terrible truth of his disappearance. I have interviews, I have recordings some of them secret. In one week from this podcast introduction going live, I will provide more information about Alden's story at this location. Listen if you dare. Already there are people watching me. I'm recording this from a secret location so as not to be erased from the world. Do you dare listen? The more people who listen, the more people who will believe and will be able to possibly find my friend. Or they might start following you too. This is the risk you take when you agree to listen to the Liege Dossier. That's your lot for this week. We're back just in time for the result, which went to VAR. That's the Specialist Voice Acting and Recording Machine. And it's coming out and... Oh, curses. It looks like the Danish captain, John Smith, is receiving the cup. So that's Denmark through to the final, and England sadly going home. Poor Maria Schmidt there, head in hands. Hopefully I'll have to go cheer herself up with a scone. And as we cut to the Danish national anthem, a brief reminder that if you want to tell the English team what they did wrong, pass on the messages through our Twitter, at AudioJamaDebut. Anyway, cheerio.